part of 24 and all of 25 laying here open before me. And this portion of scripture is often overlooked by a lot of theologians and what have you. It's, I've heard people say this is all written to the Jews and I don't care uh, if the Jews don't believe in the New Testament, then who was it written for? So the, uh, it was written for all of mankind is what it was written for. And uh, I'm going to start out in uh, 24, chapter 24, verse 45. And I lay, lays out here in front of me, it's the unfaithful servant is a he, uh, little heading here. And then the parable of the ten virgins is where I started out. And then it goes on to the parable of the ten talents. And most of us are familiar with the parab these parables to one form or the other. But looking at this chapter 25 and focusing on the parable of the ten virgins, it's easy to bypass and you read commentaries and various thoughts on what the ten virgins are about. And oh, they get in and they extrapolate about the Hebrew people and the age of uh, accountability and all kinds of odd things they come up with trying to get around the fact that this is written to you and I as Christians today. Uh, they bring it into the Jewish people and they say that their lamps go out and that the time of the Gentiles is ushered in and then if that isn't where they fit it in, they fit it in in Book of Revelations. And I think we just try so hard to make a lot out of a lot of hoopla out of some of this professing ourselves to be wise we become fools and uh, foolish and uh, I think I'm going to take it for what it says and apply it to our lives today and if you read it in context with what context with what this chapter is about it's Jesus Christ talking about the end times yes and he's talking about the fact that he's coming. In fact, the last words he left with us in Scripture was, again, I come quickly. And so uh, he's, he's all about looking forward to him coming. And last week we talked about waiting on the Lord, whether we're to sit in a chair or whether we're to be waiting on the Lord. And I think that's part of the, part of the message here because he goes through different aspects of what it is uh, to be waiting on the Lord. And uh, we'll start out with verse 45 of Matthew 24. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing, so doing, so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. You know, we haven't been very faithful servants. We haven't been made rulers over a lot. There are some people in this country today that have been faithful to the Lord, I believe, and he's rewarded them for service and made them rulers over a lot. Verily I say unto you, he that shall make you he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But as if the evil servants shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkard, drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looketh not for him and in the hour that he is not aware of and 
shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that particular portion of scripture, weeping and gnashing of teeth, that signifies hell. With If he was addressing it purely to the Hebrew people, they don't quite believe in hell. They call it Gehenna. And they don't look at it as a place of eternal punishment quite like we do. And you see that, that gnashing of teeth shows up over six times in Scripture. And six of them are in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, Matthew chapter 13, verse 42 and 50, Matthew chapter 22, verse 13, Matthew 25 and 30, and again in Psalms. That would be the seventh time it shows up, tying the Old Testament in with the New Testament. And Jesus Christ is speaking to all people here, and he's speaking to the Jew, because only the Jew would know what that gnashing of teeth would be about, that he would be so specific in putting pointing it out in this portion of Scripture and through the book of Matthew. Then shall, let's go to verse 25. We've looked at what now, what not to do when you're waiting for the Lord to come. See, the servant here in 45 through 51 was waiting on the master, wasn't he? And he's likened often to the Old Testament servant, the high priest in the Old Testament. And the 400 years before Christ walked on this earth, he fell into the unfaithful servant realm. Was not looking for his master, was not looking for Christ's coming, not looking for a Messiah, but was indulging himself in his own riches, generally. Much like the people in charge today enriching themselves, not looking out after their responsibilities. That is the unfaithful servant. The parable of the ten virgins is all about the waiter, the waiter, or the waitee, if you would like. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. See, he, he's talking about himself. He's coming. And what we're to do as believers in his coming. Are we going to be unfaithful servants? Are we going to be like the ten virgins? Or are we going to be like the uh, stewards, the parable of the talents? Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And the five of them were wise and five were foolish. Psalms 14, verse 1, tells you what they meant by foolish. The foolish are unsaved. The foolish are unsaved. You can go across America today and talk to people, oh, I think something terrible is imminent to happen. I think, yeah, there might be a God, and there's people parading around saying he came yesterday or he's coming tomorrow or he died and he's not coming at all. Those are the foolish. The five of them were wise and five were foolish. Psalms 14, 1 says, A fool says in his heart, there is no God. Then, excuse me, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Oil represents the Holy Spirit in Scripture. We could go through a bunch of verses to prove that out, but the Holy Spirit's often represented by oil or the results of oil, which is a flame. 
but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. We're talking about right here in verse 3 and 4, you're talking about saved and unsaved, whether they went to church or not, whether they were a member of a congregation or not, whether they professed Christ or not. These were all women that looked forward to being married, the bride, looking forward to the bridegroom, but some had no oil and some had oil in their vessels. While the bridegroom tarried, and he's tarrying right now. Believe me, God's tarrying. As I looked at the end times that are approaching, and there's no denying that, I don't know the day, nobody knows when, and I'm not going to be a doomsdayer, but I'm saying he's coming, and he's coming quickly. There's not anything that needs to take place that, as far as I can see in Scripture, except his his tearing, because he says he will tarry. But as I prayed for the world and forgiveness for mankind, generally, as a preacher, I get a little carried away with that, because I talk to people that are concerned with where we're at as a country, we're concerned with where we're at as a people, concerned with where we're at as congregations and churches. Listen to a man yesterday talk about his congregation, how far it's fallen away from the things of the Lord how far we've deviated, even those that claim to be fundamentalists and those that claim to be biblicists and those that claim to be Christians and, and adhere to the world. We're leaving the oil out and have it. Admira- uh, I won't get carried away there, but we're tending to step aside from the things of God and follow after the things of man. And it's reflected in our leadership and in our country. And it's the way God said it would be. They'd be marrying and giving in marriage. Why did he come up with that phrase when he's talking about end times? What's the big issue today? Looking at the church constitution and the fact that uh, I've looked at other church constitutions and seen how they worded their portions, that portion of their constitution, and it's very, God's very specific about what marriage is made for, a male and a female. But yet our country's grappling with that. We got people on the Supreme Court that can't tell you whether they're a male or a female to begin with. So what does it matter what, who gets married and what? We're sliding down a slope. I don't want to paint a negative picture. I want to, it's obvious where we're at if you look at things and stand back and look at things. But I became a Christian so that I could live, and that I could live forward to whatever had God has for me. And he's laid out in Scripture what he has for each one of us. If we keep oil in our lamps, if we are in truthfully a Christian, uh, I'm going to get ushered a lot of this world one day, and I'm looking forward to being in the presence of God. Are you? Are you one of those virgins that is going to rely on God to tarry and be caught without the Holy Spirit guiding your life or without being a Christian or behaving like a Christian at all? And And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And our brother who taught this morning Talking about revelations, he could tell you how many cries there are in revelations. But the angel cries out, 
and the trumpets will blow and God will come forth. Who's going to be ready? Are you behaving as you'd want God to see you behave? We've got warnings all around. The dates were set for that wedding. The feasts were prepared for that wedding, just as times in the day and age is prepared right now. What are you doing as your part of the wedding feast? We rely on God tarrying, and I, I'll hit that one more time because I didn't finish my thought. I was praying for God to hold off on judgment on this world and in response to the elections or in the coming elections, even in the next two years, the next set of elections. Lord, will you just give us another chance as a nation to stand up and be counted as Christians and to practice our faith openly and not worry about different things and give us another opportunity to be witnesses and testimony of your grace throughout the land and throughout the world. And as I pleaded with him, I was reminded of the verse in Revelations where they sit below the throne, the martyrs who have given their lives for God, the people that had died and been burnt on the cross, burnt and hung on the cross themselves and tore apart by beasts and fed to animals and, and suffered and died for God's gospel being put out so we could have it. They're at the throne right now. Read the book of Revelation. They're begging God to come right now. Come right now and avenge our blood, it says. Come right now and take things over. Come right. Who's carrying the most weight? Me who's having a struggle just living for God because I got so much? Or the person that's already given his life to God asking him to come quickly? So I don't know. I'm kind of shy. I'm kind of I'm humble to, to ask God to put it off any longer because I think those people that have died for his sake and are dying for his sake right now. Within the last three years, they've put people on fire in the Middle East for not being Muslim. Saddest thing I've ever seen in my life was watching them light up a cage with a person in it. That person has more weight with God than me. He's already up there in heaven asking God to come back down and make things right here. So, the thing I come to, the conclusion I come with, is I want to have my lamp. I want to be guided by the Holy Spirit every day. I want to do today what I can get done today. One of the guys laid this carpet, and that was the first time I caught myself going, we got to finish, we can do this tomorrow, we can do this next week, we can... No, they're just pushing on, getting it done. And the Lord said to me, he says, work. You don't know if you got tomorrow. Let's get her done. And that's the way that we, God's sitting there with us. He's told you to do something this week. He's told you if you've talked to him at all, if you've lit your lamp with the Holy Spirit, if you've been the light that shines in this world at all, if you're in touch with him at all, he's got things he wants you to do before he gets here. Are you even listening? No, I'm not saying to the young people, oh, you've got to throw your life away. No, he wants you to do something. He's got a position for you and for you and for all those, for him somewhere, somewhere in his plan. But unless you're listening to him and what he has for you to do, you're not going to get there. You're not going to be there. 
you're going to be like these virgins. They didn't do anything wrong, but they weren't in God's will. And the foolish said unto the, unto the wise, give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. You've been working and living for money. Might as well keep going. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were ready and went in with him in the marriage, and the door, the door was shut. In John 10, 7 through 9, who proclaims himself as the door? Jesus Christ. He says, I am the door. He's one of the 40 I am's in the book of John. John chapter 10, verse 7. I'll read it to you. The door is shut. In Revelations, we often use the verse, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will sup with him and he with me. Take a little liberty with that portion of Scripture, but Jesus Christ proclaims himself in John chapter 7. And I'll get the verse again, 10. John chapter 10, I'm sorry, verse 7. John 10, 7. It says, Then Jesus say unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep, and all that ever come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did hear them. I am the door, twice. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. And then he goes on and tells you how he's going to come. You see... You ain't going to get to heaven by your works. This isn't, a, this isn't telling you to, a message for good works. Because your works won't amount to anything if at first you haven't stepped through the door and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But then once you've done that, he wants you not to tarry there. He's the one who's waiting, not you. He wants you to wait on him. And we discussed that last week, how we were waited on you uh, service like that you don't find much in Alaska here. Uh, we had to clean our own table this last week. But they still brought us our food and our substance at the restaurant. Are you waiting on the Lord or are you sitting on the Lord? And he says, afterwards come also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Well, you know, if I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior, he knows me, he counts me, and my hair's on my head. He knows, he knows everything about me. Well, I, I don't have to confess all my sins to him. He knows all of our sins. If we accept him as our personal Savior, they get blotted out. They get taken as far as the east is from the west. And they're thrown into the depths of the sea. We don't have to remind him of anything. In fact, the second time around when I ask him to forgive me for my sins, he goes, what are you talking about? Because he doesn't just forgive, he forgives. He's paid the price. It's, it's been paid for. What does he have to worry about? He don't have to keep the receipt. God loves every one of us. And he's willing to take us right where we're at. But he wants us to move forward from there. He implores, implores, implore, 
He wants us to move forward from there. Verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country and who has called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto, unto the one he gave five talents, to the other he gave two, and to another he gave one. To every man according to his, his severity, ability, and straightway he took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded them with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. This is, we looked at what not to do. Then we looked at what we are doing in verses uh, 1 through 13. Now we're going to look at what we are to do for God while we're waiting for him as a servant. And likewise, he that had received two also gathered two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cameth and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. I always would get about here and I'd go, man, I came naked into the world and I'm going to leave naked. I didn't get much, but I'll give what I can to God. That's all he asks. He says he gives to each one to our abilities. And those things we acquire with our abilities as we grow in the Lord and as we go through this life. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I'm in verse 21. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Did you catch that? I've been faithful and you've been faithful in a few things. You know, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, but he gave me a, one hamburger at a time is how that goes. But he watched what I did with that hamburger. And I did what I thought he'd want me to do with that hamburger. Always said, and I had the privilege to say that to a lady just yesterday, uh, God's not looking for the talent. He's just looking for the available. And you make yourself available. God wants to use each and every one of us. God wants to make himself magnified in each and every one of us. Those martyrs did their part, and they died they had done all they could do. They did with what they were given. We have further, more, perhaps even more of a responsibility because we're alive and walking today. We can be a testimony and a light unto the Lord and encourage others. In fact, this week I had the privilege to encourage someone who shared Jesus Christ with someone else. And they said they didn't know why they were sharing that with me. And I do. I know why. Because by the mouth of one or, or two or three witnesses shall every word be established. God needs us as Christians to further the gospel of Christ. The end of the message is what are you doing with the gospel of Christ? Are you waiting? Are you tarrying? Are you wasteful? You know he's coming. He's going to come there. Everyone, none of us are going to live. Uh, uh, my wife and I have 100 years, we figured out. We have 100 years accumulated marriage between us. 100 years. 
And we were talking this morning, uh, are we going to see uh, 200 years? We'd have to be 118 years old each. Could happen. Yeah, she, do, she doesn't think so, and I know so. But uh, what are you going to do with the time God gives you? What's going to happen? Let me read on, and we'll be done here in just a moment. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. The Lord said unto him, Well done. Then he, I'm going to go over to verse 34, 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know thee that thou art a hard man and reapeth where thou hast not sown. Is that true? Would you say that to any servant? Would you say that to your boss at work? <laughs> Would you say that to anybody you had a love and a respect for? I know that the, thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not shown, and gathering where thou hast not strewed. Yes. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast thou that is thine. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not get strewed. Thou oughtst therefore to have put my money to exchanges, exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Biggest regret about our building project being delayed a whole year. And it's coming along. It's working forward. We lost money waiting a year with inflation. We lost money. 20%, I figure, about when we get ready to start build, we lost 20% of what we had saved up this year. I'm not going to let it happen again next year. We're going to work on it. And we are. He also that received the two talents, okay, I reap, take thee therefore the talent for him and give it unto him which has ten talents. And cast ye on profitable servant, verse 30, into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You can say what you want to about this portion of Scripture. I believe it applies to us as Christians. I believe it talks about hell and the unsaved. Where are you today? Are you here as a masquerading Christian? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Have you trusted in him? Have you made him, endeavored to make him, Lord over your life. He stands at the door and waits. Mrs. Anania, let's all stand. I'm not quite done, but I want to finish. The parable of the ten virgins is easily dismissed as Christ coming for the Jews. Easily dismissed. It's also easily dismissed as Christ coming for the Christian. I think the way God wants us to look at it, at least today, and in context. It's to be wait, waiting on the Lord 
and it's all about the waiter, the person that's waiting on the Lord. It's about this portion of Scripture, simply about serving Christ. Serving Christ. Are you putting off serving Christ for some reason? Oh, just wait till I make my first million. Oh, just wait till I get baptized. Oh, just wait till I join a church. Oh, just wait till I uh, start uh, getting off of work on the Lord's Day. Oh, just wait till I, just wait till I, just wait till I, just wait. There's people in heaven right now that are waiting with a lot more justification than we can muster up. 